Welcome everybody to the next edition of the Pioneer Podcast. And today we are joined by the head coach of our women's lacrosse program, Liza Kelly. Liza, welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, it's our pleasure. And uh, give a brief bio. You just finished your 14th season here at the University of Denver. Uh, and you've built the program into a top 10 national program. And we're, we're so excited about the future of the program. Uh, but going back, you've got quite a legacy as a player, too. You're a three-time All-American at Delaware, a member of the U.S. national team. Uh, really great background in the game. How did you get started in lacrosse? Why did you pick lacrosse? Well, the short answer is I'm from Maryland and everybody <laughs> plays lacrosse in Maryland. Um, you know, when I grew up, we had these young college guys that my dad was friends with that lived across the street from us and they were always outside playing. So I, I think I saw the game at a, at a young age um, and kind of was always mesmerized by it. Um, I grew up playing softball was actually the first organized sport I ever played and then transitioned into basketball. Um, and then when I was in eighth grade was really when the rec and club league started kind of happening back in Maryland, um, really started developing and just kind of just kept going with it. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think when, when you were growing up, I, I grew up on the East coast too. It was very much a regional game, kind of a mid Atlantic up into New York kind of game. Um, but in the last 30 years, the sport of lacrosse on the men's and women's side has boomed, but especially women's lacrosse has boomed nationally. We now have multiple division one programs on the West coast. Uh, you've obviously built Denver into a national program. Uh, what's happened in the last 30 years with the game? You know, we, we used to have this tournament. Um, it was called the National School Girls Tournament. It was every Memorial Day weekend. Um, and it would bring all the teams from all over the country together to, to play. And you had to try out for the teams in high school. And it was really your road, even in college, to make it to the U.S. team. And so I think that it started kind of getting a little bit bigger throughout little tournaments like that. And then when we started seeing more um, regional and national recruiting tournaments, it, would, it was allowing college coaches to see other players, to see other regions more. Um, and then with that growth, other regions just kept getting better and better. When I was at BU, uh, Colorado high school lacrosse had gotten really strong. A lot of top players coming back to the East Coast to play. And then you had, you know, teams that, that out West had started playing. Um, when Stanford went, all the California teams, Oregon, you know, you just saw this, this huge growth collegiately. And I think that it just kind of filtered down from there with a lot of the clinics and camps that they would do. And kids were able to, to watch high quality lacrosse in their backyard. And, and what is it about the game, the game itself, you think, that's attracting people to it? So much fun. Um, <laughs> you know, it is. I, I, it is. I tell everybody that women's lacrosse is, is basketball with 100 yards. Um, I think everybody grows up playing basketball at some point in their lives, even if it's just backyard, you know, horse or pig. And so I think you can relate to it. Um, it's fun because you can go full speed. You can really get up and, and, you know, with 100 yards in there, I mean, you can pack a powerful punch coming down the field. And so I think it just, it's liberating to really be able to kind of go out there and just play in kind of any kind of weather. Um, it's, it's just, a, it's a really fun sport. And, and how has the, the talent changed in, in the last 30 years? You know, with more and more junior programs, I, I'm, I'm seeing what I think, what I see is, is a lot more talented athletes coming into the game, which makes for a much more competitive, much more exciting game to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, for a long time, um, athletically, we were kind of fighting with soccer a little bit, mm -hmm. where, where kids had to choose a sport. Um, and now I think that you see a lot more players playing both soccer, as I, I mentioned, basketball, but being multi-sport athletes, I think really helps. 
Um, but the, the athletic style that players are playing, I mean, you know, my nine-year-old's team could beat my college team right now. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I think that the, the stick innovations have really helped. Some of the rule changes have really made it a more fun game to play and more, more kind of fan-friendly. Um, but, but yeah, the, 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 I wouldn't admit this to my team, so don't tell anybody, um, but they're all more athletic than I ever was. was a best player. <laughs> yeah, don't tell them. Don't let them know. That. Uh, so, so, so looking back, you know, 14 years ago when you took over this program, um, did you have visions of a top 10 program, a championship program, competing in the Big East, competing nationally? And, and how did you build that from where you began? Yeah, you know, I always, um, I'm an extremely competitive person, just like any coach. And, and, you know, wherever I wanted to go, I wanted to go and win. Um, and win, win in the right way. That was something that was very important to me, is uh, kind of not sell my soul just to get ahead, but surround myself with, with great people, um, people that were passionate about the sport and, and want to be successful um, and give their student athletes the best experience we could possibly give them. So I think with that in the back of our minds, was really trying to kind of build the program to something that I would want my kids to, to go to. Um, and I feel like we've done it. You know, I, I feel like coming out here, you know, we really, the MPSF was the conference that we were in at the time. Nobody really on our East Coast kind of understood what it was or knew what it was. And it was an uphill battle to really get respect back East. I think going into the Big East Conference has, has helped us enormously with that. We, we've become a little bit more of a household name uh, back East. And, and I do mention the East Coast. I mean, I, I think Traditionally, that's where the powerhouses are, are still playing. So I think that's where we, we have to kind of build our notoriety there. And, and how have you done that? How do you break into that very tight-knit recruiting world uh, on the East Coast, even though it's a much, certainly a national game now? Uh, how do you break into that? You know, we've, I, I think a lot of my assistants over time have, have been from the East Coast, really great connections with different club coaches, different high school coaches, people that we really trust um, that are, we know are giving us quality people, um, that, that we're getting characters that, that want to come in and, and, and want to work and, and believe in what we're trying to do. Um, I think something that, that we've, we've really talked about in recruiting is the idea of leaving your legacy, of, of being, being, getting to be a team that is the first to do something. Um, you know, I still remember sitting in Florida when we were going to play in our first NCAA game and, and you know, saying, this is unbelievable. You guys are making history right now as, as the first women to ever be in the situation at, at the University of Denver. And I think there's, that's, there's power in that, to, to know that, that you can do something just that, that's never been done before. And I think it's kind of rare in sports to be able to do that. Well, your, your results on the field are, are certainly illustrating that. Let's go back now to the 2019 championship season, our, our last season that we completed. Uh, team made it to the national quarterfinals, uh, you know, along the way beat household uh, athletic names like Michigan, Southern Cal, and, and really taking uh, the program seemingly to that. Everybody talks about the next level. It felt like we went to another level in 2019. Yeah. You know, I think um, every milestone, you know, it's like when the first person that ever ran the four minute mile, I was just talking to my kids about this the other day, is that nobody thought you could do it. And then you did it. And that so many people came and broke it. And I think it's just, it's breaking that, that ceiling to know that you can take the next step. Um, and I think that as a program, truthfully, about four years ago, we really started talking about winning a national championship. Um, it had always kind of been a tagline, something that, you know, you threw out there. But I think that we, we really made a point of getting uncomfortable to talk about it. Um, and it was uncomfortable. A lot of the players, you know, we could sit in our own locker room and be like, yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to win it. 
But when asked to go out and talk to their parents, their friends, their roommates about it, um, it you know, you could see the kind of itch start to happen a little bit. <laughs> and we, we really stressed that we can't take that next step unless we can talk about it outside of our locker room. Um, and, and I think we started doing that and, and that kind of le led to maybe winning that, that first round game and then getting to the second round game and, and competing. And, you know, and so last year we knew when we got that, the seating, I said, this is a gift, you guys. You, we're finally in a situation where both teams have to play on Friday and then, you know, be tired and, and play on Saturday and, and prevail. Um, and I think that's what we looked at it. Like, this, this is our chance to show that, that we can do it. And, and what was it about that team in, in 2019? Uh, just from a personnel standpoint, a leadership standpoint, what allowed them to do that? Yeah. You know, we had an incredible senior class, um, really strong leaders, really, they, they, you know, a lot of them played since their freshman year. And their freshman year, we were abysmal. I mean, we had a really tough year. Um, we were young. And I, and I think that they were able to kind of see that growth for four years. But then we also had great leadership in, in, in every class. We had juniors that were bought in. I mean, Carson Gregg, our, our goalkeeper, was, was somebody that just constantly rallied the troops. Um, we had a young attack with, with Quentin and B and, and Rado and Liddy, and, you know, but they really believed in kind of the message. And then I think even our freshman class, um, the, the buy-in from our sideline, that's something that we always really stress as a team. I mean, they have more fun, I think, on the sideline than any team I've ever been a part of. And so I think everybody had this forward focus that said, we, we're going we're gonna to do this and we're going to bring every single person along for the ride. And, and usually when you have um, successful teams, you have a great leadership group. Usually it's a mature leadership group. They've got some experience and they, they're confident in their leadership. Uh, when you coach or you talk about leadership with your team, when you teach leadership, when you, when you think about leadership for yourself, what are a few things that are important to you? Oh, I think ownership is probably the first thing that I think is, is really important. Um, I think if you don't provide your team with opportunities to feel like they're the decision makers, um, mm. they're not as bought in. And so I, I think for me, you know, I am the head coach and, it, you know, the buck stops here, but I, I, the, everybody needs to be part of, of kind of where we want to go um, and how we want to get there and who we want to be. And if we're not including everybody in that conversation, then it's just me sailing a ship with, you know, everybody rowing in different directions. Um, so I, I think that's something that is, is really important to me. I, I, I value um, my relationship with each player on the team, but I really do value my, my relationship with the seniors. You know, I figure if they can put up with me for four years, <laughs> they've done something right. Um, and I, and I, and I, I want to know what they think. I want to know who they want on the field with them at times. And they know that, you know, I'm going to make the final decision, but you know, sometimes what do you guys want to run? You know, if we're in a tight game and we call timeout, what do you, what's going to win the game right now? Where do you believe in? Um, and I think it, it, you know, if they can make those decisions, it's going to happen because of just the power of, of that, that idea that, that they own it as well. So one thing I've noticed at, at practice a couple of times when I've been out is, is, you know, early in the practice or during the warm-up, you'll shout out, somebody give me something positive, right? Mm -hmm. And a player will have to, to say something positive, say it loud enough so everybody can hear it. Um, little things like that make a huge difference with morale and, and keeping that focus looking forward. Uh, did that come naturally to you? Did you have to work at that? How, how did you come up with something like that? You know, I, I, I'm a pirate. I, you know, you, you steal it from everywhere. I mean, I heard that on the radio, so that was not mine at all. But I think that, you know, I'll be reading a book and I'll be like, oh, 
oh, this idea just starts kind of growing. I'm going to use this for a pregame speech. And, you know, and, and the worst part is the, the kids probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but they see me getting so fired up <laughs> over whatever it might be. But, you yeah. know, I, I think that you just got to, you got to steal your ideas, your drills um, from, from everybody that's around you, everybody, everything you come in contact with. So this year, moving forward a year, we were, we were seven and one when the season abruptly ended. Uh, another team that appeared to be uh, on its way to another very, very good season. Uh, talk about this year's team. This one's tough for me. It's, it's yeah. tough to talk about this year's team. Um, really special, special group. Um, and, you know, I, I think on paper, it, it looked to be a rebuilding year in a lot of ways because we had graduated I mean, all but our, our goalie and one, one defender, um, you know, from the starting defensive line. And we were ranked one and, and two in the nation on scoring defense the entire season last year. So we knew we had really big shoes to fill down there. Um, we felt that we were in a really great spot offensively, though, with as many people as returning that we had. Unbelievable freshman class, big freshman class, but they came in kind of ready to play, um, worked their butts off day one. And I think that that really helped – push us forward um, to be where we needed to be when the season started. But the, the kids, they worked hard. Um, they, they wanted it. I mean, you know, uh, that Big East championship game last year at overtime, I mean, that, that was a crushing defeat. And so that was something that's been in the back of our heads, you know, since that day. Um, and, and I think that every one of them knows that, you know, the end goal is a national championship. So we really focused. That was one game. We got further than we'd ever been. But, you know, you still had a bitter taste in your mouth that so, so I had the, the privilege of being on a zoom call with with a few of your upper class players uh, recently just to talk about the future and kind of personal planning and different things and it really came across even on a virtual zoom call uh, how connected they are um, and and I asked them I said okay what are you doing to stay connected and, and you they named like 10 things they're doing you know they're really working hard and you can tell that they want to be a connected group um, how do you coach that? Is Do you just turn that over to them? Do you try to lead them in that? How do you coach that staying connected as a team? I think it's, too, I think right now we need to coach it a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that with what's going on in the world, we, we have to kind of make them get up and make them kind of do the, do the hard things. Um, and I, and I, they're only hard because you've got so much time. You know, I was talking to, the juniors today um, and they were like you know it's so much easier to do my work when we're in school and we've got lacrosse because I have this small window that I have to get it done and now I sit around I'm like oh I guess I could do it later yeah. so you know I think that I think right now we you know as, as the grown-ups in the room we need to do a little bit more to, to help them in general though I think our team chemistry has has always been spectacular um, I think we're that other people want to be a part of and I think we're extremely welcoming I think our parents are our parents are welcoming um, we have this sense of family and and I think it's the idea that every single person on the team really matters really has a role to play whether they're on the field or off the field um, we try to celebrate academic accomplishments you know you know what's going on in your life that's that's special today um, and I think that they just truly love and enjoy being around each other well, you can feel the energy, you know, at games, at practice, being around the, the student athletes in the building here. It is a fun atmosphere. And uh, I think that's uh, one thing we can all lose sight of sometimes. And, and to retain that, that fun energy about why we're all doing this is really important. And your program 
is doing great at that. One thing I really like they told me they're doing is they're writing handwritten letters to each other. That's amazing. In this world where it's texting and Zoom and everything, they chose to write handwritten letters to each other to stay connected. Yeah, you know, we, we got a little pushback because uh, I think that some of them were afraid to, you know, mm-hmm. of just kind of where the mail was going to come. And truthfully, I said, suck it up. Your parents are bringing their bills inside. And yeah. I said, just how special it is to get something in the mail, just that little extra effort that somebody you know, puts into. And again, don't tell them, but I'm sending them all postcards. I, I went on Amazon oh, and got these really cute motivational postcards. So they're all going to awesome. get them. Well, it starts with the leader. There you go. Leading by example. Um, so let's look forward. Um, what excites you about next year's team now? And then uh, let's talk broader. You've mentioned uh, championships a few times. What's the vision for the program? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we're all, we all just want to play. I, I, you know, I've, I feel like I've lost an arm. Um, and and it's really, it's been hard. I mean, I've, I've been coaching since I got out of college. I think it's been 20, 22 or 21 years. This is my first non-season. Um, and, you know, I love being able to Zoom call with the girls and send them notes. But that four-hour time period when I get to be with them every day is, is really hard to not have. And so my hope is that everybody comes back in September just so hungry, so passionate that you know, it could, it, you could lose it. You know, you talk about it all the time with students. You never know when it's your last game. And um, we just had that, you know, and, and I, I look back and I, I even look at our last game and I think, okay, what would I have done differently if, I, if I'd really known this was it? And so I hope that we can just kind of retain the, the memory of what that felt like. Um, that, that Thursday phone call and meetings of saying, you know, it's, it's over. And I think if we can kind of keep that um, with us every day, I just, it excites me how much passion I think is going to be out there. And then I think from winning a national championship, um, it's, it's the end all be all, right? I mean, it's, it's why we all play. It's a why we all coach. Um, the journey is, is, is what's the fun part. But, you know, I, I want to be in that. I, I've sat on the sideline and, um, as an NCAA committee member in the final four. And you just sit there and you're just in awe. I'm like, oh, my God, th- I, we need to do this. I need to be here. And you just kind of think about, what, what little changes can we make um, to get there? Whether it's on field, how do we, how do we motivate the team to, to all buy into it? How do we make them have the confidence and the skill set to be able to get out there and compete? And every year that we go and unfortunately lose to a Maryland or a Florida, I, I look back and I say, okay, what do we need to do to beat that team? If that's the team that's stopping us today, how do we get better to beat, to beat the next Florida and Maryland that we come against? So a, a great responsibility of, of all coaches and, and really any leader is to cast that vision, even when it is, as you said, sometimes it's difficult to talk about or it can be awkward to talk about. Um, how did you get the courage to start talking about it as the leader? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think that it, it, was a, it was a topic that I was uncomfortable with for a little while when we hadn't really had success early on um, or the success that I kind of thought coming from BU that maybe would, ha- would happen a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I would have recruits and they're like, well, do you want to win a national championship? And I'd be like, yeah, everybody wants to win a national championship, but maybe we need to do these things first. Um, and I think that I, I felt like I was limiting myself. Um, I remember reading something and, and it was talking about coaches visualizing and visualizing the water bucket thrown on your head at the end of a championship game. And, and so for me, I was like, those are things I need to, to start thinking about. Like, what, you know, looking at the clock and seeing it tick down and, and the excitement, how, how would I feel in those moments? Um, 
And so I think that, you know, I challenged the team in a meeting um, to, to leave a voicemail on their phone. And it was something I stole from a book as a pirate again, but I said, you know, we're all gonna leave it for 24 hours, leave it for a week. And mine said, hi, you've reached Liza Kelly. I can't take your call right now. I'm bu busy training for a national championship. You know, please leave a message. I'll get back to you. And I left that for the season. Um, and I got a lot of crap for it. <laughs> but, but I thought it was important for me to show that, that I could be vulnerable as well. It's so important. And, and congratulations for you to having the courage to, to cast that vision out there. And, and balanced with how do you keep the players, the students involved in the process day to day to get there? How, how do you keep them focused on today? You know, I think every day um, needs to be an opportunity for them to understand what we're working on for that day. Um, I think we, we do a lot with, with giving them a practice plan, making sure that they understand that each drill builds into another drill, and that at the end of the week, this is, this is the result that we're looking for. So it, it needs to be smaller every day. You know, I think you have that national championship in the back of your head, but at what, how am I going to get better today to, to kind of reach reach those goals. And then I think we also want to be conscious of their own individual goals. Um, and they're all, at, at, you know, in a different spot with that. Um, some of them might just want to be able to catch and throw better to somebody that wants to be an All-American. And so I think as coaches, we need to understand what they're working towards to kind of to help further their, their personal development too. Well, Liza, that sounds like a great way to, to end today's conversation, a championship vision with a great process to keep working our way towards that. Grateful to work with you. Thanks for all you continue to do to build this great program and, and lead some incredible student athletes, Liza. Thank you so much. You bet. My pleasure.